0: section 3 1826 to 1879 chapter 11 mass communication for mass emancipation i had a friend let's call him mike he was six foot five and an easy 300 pounds football player i'd watched him truck people on the field watched him put parents children on gurneys all in the name of school pride and athletic victory i would watched him grunt and spit and slap himself around like a beast. We cheered for him, said his name on the morning announcements, wrote about him in the school paper, even held an in-school press conference when he committed to playing football in college. But many of us cheered for him for other reasons, because he was also part of the tap dance club, because he played Santa Claus in the winter play, because he, because he took creative writing classes with me to explore his love of poetry, because he spoke out against the mistreatment of young women in our school and stood up for classmates who were being bullied. Mike didn't always get it right, but he was always open to learning and was never afraid to try. The abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison was like that. A man with power and privilege, not afraid to try. But before we get to him, we have to address one of the greatest series of coincidences that led him to become a central figure in the conservation or I'm sorry, in the conversation around race and abolitionism. Coincidence number one, both Thomas Jefferson and and John Adams, president number two before Jefferson, died on July 4th, 1826, on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Instead of people seeing this double death as a sign that the old ways of doing things were out of style, literally dead, people looked at their deaths as some kind of encouragement to carry out their legacies just so happens those legacies were deeply entwined with slavery. Boston had grown to nearly 60,000 people and was fully immersed in New England's industrial revolution, which was now running on the wheels of southern cotton. Coincidence number two. Though the revolutionary abolitionist movement was practically dead, Robert Finley's American colonization society was still functioning at full throttle trying to get freed slaves to go back to Africa and set up their own colony. The ACS had asked a 23-year-old firebrand named William Lloyd Garrison to give their 4th of July address in 1829. Garrison was the man. He was smart and forward-thinking and worked as an editor of a Quaker-run abolitionist newspaper. But the ACS didn't know that Garrison had gone even further to the side of abolitionism, not colonization. He favored a gradual abolition, a freedom in steps, but abolition nonetheless. And that's what he spoke about at the ACS conference, which let's just say was a little off brand. Like someone speaking at a Nike conference, suggesting that the future of better running wasn't being better sneakers, but better feet. And Nike should figure out how to make better feet. Garrison wasn't the only man who felt this way about, about abolishing slavery not sneakers and was unafraid to speak out against colonization david walker was another walker was a black man and he was written and he had written a pamphlet an appeal to the colored citizens of the world arguing against the idea that black people were made to serve white people walker's appeals spread garrison read it and eventually the two men met but before they could really start making a mess of slavery walker just 33 years old, died of tuberculosis. Garrison was influenced greatly by Walker's ideas and carried them on, spreading them by doing what everyone had done before him, literature, writing, language. The only difference was that Garrison's predecessors in propaganda always spread damaging information, at least about Black people. They'd always printed poison, narratives about Black inferiority and white superiority. But Garrison would buck that trend and start a newspaper, The Liberator. The name alone was a match strike. This paper relaunched the abolitionist movement among white people. In his first editorial piece, Garrison changed perspectives from gradual abolition to immediate abolition, meaning he used to believe that freedom was incremental, a little bit at a time, a slow walk. Now he believed that freedom should be instant freedom right now immediately break the chains period but because there's always a but immediate equality well that was a different story and according to garrison should be in steps gradual so physical freedom now but social freedom eventually this idea of gradual equality was rooted in the same principles of uplift suasion Blacks were seen as scary, and it was their responsibility to convince white people that they weren't. At least, this is what Garrison believed, but this idea was challenged by a man who disagreed with not only the idea of gradual equality, but also the idea that black people needed white people to save them, or that they, black people, were part of the problem at all. His name was Nat Turner. He was a slave and a preacher. And just as slave owners before the Enlightenment era believed slavery was a holy mission, Turner believed the same was true for freedom, that he was called upon by God to plan and execute a massive crusade, an uprising that would free slaves, and in doing so, would leave slave masters, their wives, and even their children slaughtered, all in the name of liberation. And it did. There was a lot of bloodshed across the state of Virginia until Turner finally got caught and hanged. again. Slaveholders got scared, tightened the yoke. Garrison counteracted the intensity of the slave masters with an intensity of his own. He wrote a book that refuted colonizationists and gave birth to a new group called the American Anti-Slavery Society, a group of abolitionists. At the annual meeting of the AASS in May 1835, Members decided to rely on the new technology of mass printing and an efficient postal service to overwhelm the nation with 20 to 50,000 pamphlets a week. Garrison began flooding the market with new and improved abolitionist information. Social media before social media. And slaveholders had no clue what was coming. A million anti-slavery pamphlets distributed by the end of the year.